It's time for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Doug is a certified financial planner, providing you with a personal financial hotline to answer your questions about tax planning, investments, retirement planning, estate planning, and education planning. Doug and Linda are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing financial and investment services since 1983. Doug and Linda will be answering your questions on WPTF's phone lines anytime during the next hour. Call 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Call toll-free 1-800-662-7979. And for mobile phones, it's star 680. And now, Doug and Linda Lewis and Money Matters. Hello there, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters with Doug and Linda has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all of your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 20 years. And again, with me as usual tonight is my wife, Linda, who works with me in our firm, Lewis Financial Management. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the show. Doug and I are the owners of Lewis Financial Management, a registered investment advisory firm in Raleigh, providing investment in financial advice since 1983. For over 20 years, we've been answering your questions on the WPTF phone lines. They are your questions and our answers. So sit back and enjoy, or if you're free, call us tonight on the open lines. We'll take your calls anytime during the next hour. You're free to call in and ask any financial question about your own personal financial planning. Call us at 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Or you can call us toll-free, long-distance, at 1-800-662-7979. Well, financial planning is everyone's business, and still for most folks, money matters are just a big puzzle. Folks have questions about planning for retirement, planning for a child's college education. They don't know the difference between financial planning and money management. They want to know a lot these days. They want to know what's a mutual fund, what's a limited partnership, what's a REIT, What's a will? What's a living will? And yes, it really can confuse you, but you're not alone. Because in a world crowded with new investments, changing tax laws, rapidly evolving insurance products, and volatile economic cycles, more and more people are looking for clear direction in their financial lives. And yet, unfortunately, the busier and the more successful they are, the less time they have to sort out their financial affairs. And people are asking, is there any solution? Well, yes, Doug, there certainly is a solution. Out of this increasingly complicated financial environment has come a new breed of professionals that are trying to solve people's money puzzles. And that's the Certified Financial Planner. It's the certified financial planner who offers something that people don't get from the traditional stockbroker, money manager, accountant, insurance agent, or bank trust officer. And that's a way to consolidate all aspects of people's financial affairs into one financial plan. It's the certified financial planner who knows how to pull together all six areas of a client's financial life. Doug, I think for many people, the first area of financial planning is cash flow planning with questions about their emergency fund, their mortgage, their credit cards, and reducing their debt. Well, yes, Linda, and yet for many people, the second area of financial planning is retirement planning. Those who are working want to know how to compute what they'll need to live on during retirement. 
and how much they should be saving for retirement. They want to know what investments they should choose from the choices in their company's 401k plan. Others are retiring and have received a lump sum payout option from their company's retirement plan, and they want to know, should they take it, and if so, how should they invest it? Well, Doug, the third area of financial planning that must be dealt with is estate planning. For most people, over their working years, their estate has grown. How can they reduce their estate taxes? And they wonder, are their simple wills sufficient, or maybe they should be considering the complicated world of trusts? If that's the third area, Linda, the fourth area of financial planning cannot be overlooked. This is tax planning. People are interested in both tax reduction strategies and tax reduction investments. Home mortgage interest, charitable giving, tax shelters, tax-free bonds, questions about capital gains taxes, estate taxes, gift taxes, and how to sell real estate tax-free using trusts. What a confusion. Well, Doug, we can't forget the fifth area of financial planning, which is insurance planning. How much life insurance does a family really need? Do they have too little insurance or maybe too much insurance? Should they have whole life, term, or universal? Should they have long-term nursing care coverage? You're right, Lynn. And, of course, the sixth and most important area of financial planning is investment planning. Here, the questions never stop. What's the best way to diversify my investments? Is now a safe time to invest in stocks? What about bonds? What kind of stock mutual funds? Bond mutual funds, equipment leasing partnerships, REITs, CDs, gold, annuities. So, Doug, it seems that at last it's time for people to understand that a certified financial planner is really the only one who can tie together all six parts of their financial puzzle. And to you out there listening, if you've got a question on your mind about cash flow planning, retirement planning, estate planning, tax planning, insurance, or investments, Call us now on the open lines, and we'll answer your financial planning questions. Those numbers to call are 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. Out-of-towners, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And if you just want to sit back and listen to the callers through the years, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us live on Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And we're on News Radio 680 WPTF. Well, Doug, um, it's a, it's been a wonderful day, hasn't it? It's been a wonderful day, Linda. <laughs> the weather's been very great. <laughs> and it's been a very, very eventful week. And I, I'm just adding up the pluses and minuses. Big-time minuses in Tunisia, big-time minuses, upsets and eruptions in Egypt. Stock market drops 166 points. Gold is going up. That's a good uh, good one. Gold is a positive. Egypt's a negative. The weather is a positive. It's been a very eventful week. We had a little sail-off from the uh, winter weather, didn't we? (laughs) We did. Before we get into the show, Lynn, why don't we go ahead and take our first caller. Raymond's been on hold for a little while. Let's take Raymond's call, and then we can go for some of these topics we've got for tonight. How can I help you, Raymond? This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Hi. I'm considering cashing out a uh, life insurance policy. Okay. And um, I, I have no dependents. Um, I have a, another policy that I bought when I uh, bought my house to uh, to cover... Uh, my partner in, in case um, something happened to me uh, you know while paying for the house but this was a this other policy is uh from 1978 I don't even remember 
why I have it. And um, I've been paying on it since then. And it, um, it has a cash value, or it has a debt benefit of 21000 and um, uh, a cash value of 10911 And I could really use some extra money right now. Uh, I'm wondering if that's uh, a good idea or if I should keep it. Tell me a little bit about yourself, Raymond. How old are you? 58. You're 58 years old. You're single? Yes. Uh, and what have you, are you working or unemployed? No, I have not worked for about a year and a half okay. regularly. So no earned income. Uh, what about your investment portfolio? What have you accumulated in non-retirement investments? Non-retirement? Yeah. Um, well, my, my toe, actually, overall, I have a, around 100000 in uh, uh, IRAs. That's retirement. Yeah, but I, um, otherwise... Um, you know, like Do you have anything in mind, savings or money CDs. market or, mu- or mutual funds or anything that's... Uh, uh, I have a little in mutual funds, about 10000 the rest is in uh, IRA, uh, SEP IRAs and. Uh, All right. So let's see. So you've got about ten thousand in a, in a non-retirement mutual fund. Yeah. You've got in a SEP IRA. You've got about ninety thousand more. Right. And you're oh, you're fifty eight. Right. W- when will you be fifty nine? March. March of this year. So you actually turn fifty nine and a half this year. Right. Okay. Uh, how is the money in the SEP IRA invested? Um, well, that's also in some mutual funds. Okay. Well, the question then is with regard to the insurance, you have no real need. If you're not married, don't have any dependents, you don't really need $21,000 to go to somebody to bury you. Right. Uh, and... And You've I do got, have another and, policy besides that one, a $50,000 policy. That's that's a whole life policy also? Yes. What's the no, case? that one's term. The okay. $50,000 is term. All right. Mm-hmm. And what's the? why are you paying on that one? Well, that's to cover my partner, um, to cover the house in case something happens. That's the main reason for that. Well, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't go ahead and cash in the whole life policy from 78. Do you know the... Of course, I was going to ask you about the tax implications, but if you're not earning any money, your taxes are, are, are negligible, right? This year, yeah, right. So uh, there may or may not be a taxable event depending on whether you have paid in more than $10,911 of premiums. Uh, when you take out that cash value, when you surrender the policy and cash, cash it in, $10,911 is your money. Right. The only question is... Do you pay any tax on that money that you got? And the answer is whether you have paid to the insurance company in premiums that amount through the years. If you've been paying since 1978, you probably have already paid that amount. Um, well, I do have, um, you know, they sent me the details of the policy. Okay. Uh, What's the tax basis in it? I don't see anything about tax basis. Did it say? Current gross cash value, the current net cash value. Is that the same dollar amount? Yes. The current, okay, that means there's no surrender penalty for the commission. All right, anything else on there that tells you how much you've paid in? Something um, called basis maybe or? It says specified amount is 12680 
and um, and it just lists the premium and current loan rate, loan interest rate, which is zero. Cash it in. Okay. Cash it in, and uh, yeah, there's no reason, even if there is a little taxable event, which it doesn't sound like it. And, and I would expect the the current gross cash value, or is there? Oh no, they'll give you the surrender value. You see that surrender value? You said the surrender value is ten thousand nine eleven, right? Well, I, nothing's listed exactly as that. The current net cash value and the current gross cash value are, are both nine eleven, ten thousand nine eleven. Yeah, that's fancy language where insurance companies hide the commission uh, in the early years of a policy. But okay, but now I. Uh, but those would be the surrender value. That's that's another way of calling surrender value. Okay. It's basically giving the commission back to the insurance agent that they pay, paid up front, and they make you wait right. enough years until it's paid, until it's made for the insurance company enough money to have to have been able to give him the uh, the, 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 commission. the commission for yeah. selling it. But yeah, right. even if they no, go ahead and cash it in. Okay. Yeah, cash it in, and then as far as the IRA, he if he needed. To take any money out of his IRA, he can't take it. Well, right? so far I haven't been able to. I haven't needed to touch my my savings at all. So that's great. This would help tide me over a little little more. Well, hopefully, um, you know, we wish you well in this new year. That uh, you know, at least it'll be great that you can um, go ahead and cash out the cash value, use it, and hopefully uh, there'll be a job in in the future. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I hope so, too. All right. Well, thank you so much for calling, Raymond. Thanks for your help. All right. Very good. And if you have any other questions, feel free to call us in Raleigh at 919-872-7000. I will. Thank you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. Uh, Securities offered through HBEC, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, HBEC, Inc. and Lewis Financial Management, LLC, are not affiliated. Investment advisory services offered through Lewis Financial Management, LLC, in Raleigh, North Carolina. If you'd like to visit our website, it's lfmadvisor.com. And advisor is spelled with an O-R. Yeah, A-D-V-I-S-O-R. Okay, Doug. Um, Some very, very interesting articles uh, we saw. Um, The first one has to do with... The five million dollar tax break. Did you see that? You know, it was like I, a banner ad. <laughs> yeah, I, I was shocked the size of the font. I don't think I ever see the Wall Street Journal using font size that large, except in advertisements. But lo and behold, it was a news article, and it was it was about the five million dollar tax break. And there's no doubt about it. There is a very big positive news for people with this new tax act. With regard to gift taxes, it's interesting. It, it uh, the article said that uh, uh, an individual was quoted as saying that this is a golden window to move out as much of our estate as we can. Well, Doug, what do you think about that? There's no doubt. It's an it's it's absolutely correct. Uh, you can move out uh, if you uh, if 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 you choose to. You can actually for the next two years. You can actually go ahead. And uh, get $5 million if you're single, $10 million if you're married, out of your estate. Well, Doug, uh, Congress has certainly set some sweet terms for the, for the gift tax. And families are tearing up their estate plans to take advantage. Um, um, what do you think about that, Doug? 
By what, Lynn? That, uh, you know, that these gift, these new terms for gift taxes, uh, are tearing up the estate plans. You know, this is what it said here in the article. Well, yeah, yeah. Tearing up estate plans. I, I guess what the article was referring to, Lynn, was that the traditional estate plans that we have used through the years have been to go ahead and move money at death from uh, one spouse into a trust. And that's exactly right. Those are the, those are the, uh, the, the way that we've done these, 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 these estate plans, but they're all, the rules have all changed now. The rules have all changed because, uh, it may be the very opposite of what we want. Well, Doug, the article said that for the next two years, the gift tax exemption jumps to five million from, five, from one million for individuals and to ten million from two million for couples, meaning that people can give away that much without paying a penny in taxes. And that's because the gift tax equals the estate tax. And so you can do that now. You can actually, you can go ahead and give as much as $10 million. And it used to be up until this year, or at least in 2009, you could only give away a million without having any taxes. And if you were a married couple, you could give away $2 million. That's exactly right. Now, the article said that uh, there's a gentleman that's out in California who's already taking advantage of uh, the new tax breaks. And he's come, you know, this this individual, Ray Maggie, came from Modest Beginnings. He's 69 years old. He said he worked for decades to amass considerable wealth by building a successful real estate company in which he is still active. But now he wants, he's about to give much of his firm to his two children and his grandchildren. So this is definitely a golden window, isn't it? For him it is. And for many people it is. That's exactly right, Lim. Because you couldn't do that before. But now you can. And for many people, like, uh, what'd you say his name was? Ray Maggie? Maggie, uh-huh. For pe- people like Ray Maggie, that's, uh, it's a, it's a wonderful opportunity because it only lasts for two years. And a lot of people ask themselves, why do they work all their life and then have to pay tax again when they die? I mean, that's... Just to pass on what they accumulated to their children. Many countries don't have an estate tax or a gift tax. So uh, guys like Ray Maggie, this is a one-time opportunity for them, which is only good for two years because there will be uh, a new change after two years, and it could go back to $1 million. Well, Doug, regarding the estate tax, what do people need to do? You know, experts are reviewing, um, they're reviewing a lot of people's wills, and especially if one has more, has, has one or more trusts in it. Yeah, what, I, I think what you're reading about, Lynn, is what's happened in the estate tax laws over the last couple of years. You know, in the past 26 months, we have had four different sets of estate tax rules. For example, in 2008, you could give away or leave tax-free $2 million. Then in 2009, you could give away or leave tax-free $3.5 million. Then in 2010, it was unlimited. And now in 2011, 
it's five million. So there's a whole, uh, there's a whole, um, uh, it depends on when you had your estate plan done and how was it written and so forth. But we have to go back and look at those right now because there are a lot of uh, problems with what's known as the formula clauses. So, and the article said that, uh, so if a spouse dies this year in 2011. Right. With a $3 million estate and they haven't changed their formula clauses, a surviving spouse might get nothing outright. That's because right. Because all the assets wouldn't go to her. They'd go into a trust. That's right. And that's a very typical traditional way of, hold on, let me kill this cell phone. Sorry about that. You know, that's a very typical type of estate plan that we actually ran. We ran many of those where we built a formula for clients and it said a certain amount is going to go not to the spouse when you die, but to a trust. Well, right now, it'd be stupid if you think about it, if your estate was less than five million to send it over to a trust and, and bypass the spouse. Why not just give it to her directly? At least that's what the article is talking about. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question about your estate, your gift taxes, etc., call us on the open lines at 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free, 1-800-662-7979. Well, Doug, the article also said that in the next two years, Wealthy people have an unprecedented opportunity to push a lot of the value of their assets out of the estate tax system. And that's what I just said. That's exactly right. It is an opportunity for many people. For other people, it's a trap, and they don't want to do it. So also the article said, so if you're, a, if you're single and you have assets of $4 million or more, or if you're married and you have assets of $8 million or more, mm-hmm then you should definitely look at making gifts. And below that level, making gifts still could be a smart tax move for people who might get caught if the individual estate exemption drops back to $3.5 million like it did in, in t- 2009 or even a million um, as the 2013 law uh, now stands. So what do you think about that, Doug? That's right. That's, that's, that's exactly right, but it's, but it's not an easy problem to solve because everybody is different. There are things, uh, in each person's situation which may, uh, move you to make these gifts and other situations may hold you back. The article also said that below, beyond the level of your assets, there are the emotional issues that, that you have to consider. And I think that's that, what, that's what I'm talking to. about. That, that's what I'm alluding to, Linda. You can play with numbers until the cows come home, but they're emotional issues. As I sit and meet with clients in my office, uh, it's rare that I find two that are the same. And these emotional issues and family issues, and uh, they have to be played in or plugged in to the tax issues. So if we look at it from the tax view, absolutely. It's a slam dunk. It's a way to move $10 million out of your estate tax-free and all the growth on it also. But uh, other than the tax issues, there are some other kinds of issues. I agree with you, Doug. Um, every Everybody's different. And, of course, uh, when it's your time, everything that you own is going to go to someone or somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But different people will come to different decisions. And the article quoted uh, a gentleman who's 53 managing a, uh, a company up in Western Virginia. And he said, this this person said that he's unlikely to make huge gifts now to a trust. So he's not going to do That he set it. up for his 13-year-old daughter, even though it might make uh, sense tax-wise. And, you know, uh, he's like many people who, who say that they grew up without anything themselves. So why would I want to provide for my daughter? Uh, I mean, on the one hand, he wants to provide for his daughter, but he doesn't want to make things too easy for her. So instead... He's making some other gifts to nieces. Well, and, the whole you know, thing he's saying, yeah, it's it's the one of temptation. Gifts. Many of our clients have sat with me in the office, and we've gone through these pros and cons and pros and cons. And the question is, do I really want to put a five million dollar temptation, you know, into uh, in front of my daughter or my son at he's an early 25. age? She's twenty five. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, no, these kinds of of, of discussions are where the rubber hits the road. And I can see why this other gentleman said, no, no way in the world is he going to do it. However, I will say there are ways that you can have your cake and eat it too. And what is that, Doug? Well, I don't want to get into it too much on the air, but there are lots of kinds of trusts where you can actually accomplish what you're trying to do on the tax side and still put uh, restraints on the temptation to the children's side. The article also said that we need to be aware of the traditional tax drawbacks of gifts. All right. Now that's one of the, that's one of the yabbas. You know what a yabba is, Lynn? Oh, uh, what's a yabba? A yabba is when, uh, somebody says, uh, I want to do this, I want to do that. And somebody else says, yeah, but what about this? And yeah, but what about that? And yeah, but what about that? All right. <clears throat> <That's>, yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the yabbas. It's called the step up in basis rules because if you give something to somebody, and they turn around and sell it. You might have gotten it out of your estate, but you have the taxes on the capital gain because you gave them the basis. If they inherit it, they can sell it tax-free, but it was in your estate. So they have the estate tax on inheritance, but they have the capital gain tax. So you have to watch the yabba on the transfer of basis, it's called. It also said that most people making a big financial gift choose to set up trusts either to preserve control of the asset or to prevent Junior from squandering it on sports cars or to magnify the gift using special techniques. But there are drawbacks, aren't there? There are big drawbacks because most people, unfortunately, when they set up these trusts for estate purposes, they choose a bank to be or an institution or some institution institutional trustee to yeah. be the trustee and the institutional trustee may not act in the same loving way that the deceased or the giver had hoped they'll probably charge a hefty fee well that's that's for sure <laughs> and there yeah, are other things too yeah that said that uh, institutional trustees can charge hefty fees or move slowly with a costly memo to the file for every phone call so, on the one hand, you might want to consider, does your grandmother, your granddaughter need money from the trust to help pay for a wedding? The committee may have to decide how much is appropriate and charging the trust for its time. So, these are, are issues that people are considering with regard to the new tax changes. It's, it's a wonderful opportunity. There's no doubt about it, Linda. Uh, all kinds of positive reasons to have your estate plan reviewed because there is a 
$5 million or possibly a $10 million tax break waiting for you. On the other hand, you may have a big cow patty that you're going to step into with an existing estate plan, which needs to be looked at with regard to the trusts that are there. And trusts become a very interesting way of uh, either doing something wonderful or creating one of those cow patties. Um, the good thing about if you set up a revocable living trust is that you can change your mind, right? We, we had some clients in the office this week. Well, see, as a good example, a revocable living trust won't work here, Lynn. That won't work. You can't go ahead and make a revocable gift of $10 million. You see, that's an example of how you'd use the wrong kind of trust. A revocable living trust wouldn't work. You've got to make it irrevocable. Oh. You see what I'm saying? And yeah, that, transferring and, it out of your state. And that's the cow patty, the irrevocability. Trust are tricky. You're listening to, live to news, uh, to Doug and Linda Lewis on Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question about your estate planning and the new tax laws and how they affect you and your estate, give us a call on the open lines at 860-WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. Well, Doug, um, earlier we alluded to the different trusts that are out there. How risky is a person's trust? Well, it depends on what kind of trust. And that's really interesting, Linda, because there are lots of kinds of trust available. There are charitable lead annuity trust. There are credit shelter trust. There are dynasty trust. There are grantor retained annuity trust, otherwise known as GRATS. And there are grantor trusts. And there are qualified personal residence trusts, which we call Cuperts. And then there are Q-tip trusts, also uh, well, they're called Q-tip trust. Technically, that's a qualified terminable interest property trust. Uh, there's all kinds of trust. And, of course, there's the charitable trust that we talk about all the time. Uh, and there are uh, generation-skipping trusts. There are lots of trusts out there, and you need to see which ones of these are available to you to help you get all of the benefits out of the present tax code that you're looking for. So, yeah, this is a wonderful time and a wonderful gift and we should go ahead and look at the how our clients can take advantage of what's happening with this new tax tax act. Doug Something else in the news um, is that state workers are bracing for layoffs. Um, this is really happening, it is. isn't it? North Carolina is facing a lot of problems, and I know I saw that article that everyone is on uh, sitting on the edge of their chair. The state uh, has announced that there are definitely going to be serious uh, layoffs, and everyone is quite uh, frightened. But, you know, just being frightened is reacting, not being proactive. There are some things that people should do now rather than wait until they got news that they were one of those 75,000 or whatever that got laid off. Well, I I, I, I agree with you. Um, there's a lot happening, not, o- not only nationally, but locally as um, new legislation 
and new lawmakers um, have come in, you know, with the Republicans uh, gaining. But the budget, uh, you know, there's no way around these numbers. Uh, and so there are some serious decisions that people have to make about where the where the cuts are going to come, the budget cuts. And um, people are concerned about losing their jobs. So what should people be doing to well, be proactive Yeah, if they have some consideration that they might lose their job? Well, and I think pretty much the article is pointing to the fact that just about everybody is wondering, is, you know, is it going to touch me? So everybody is concerned, and being proactive is a very smart thing to do. There are lawmakers, of course, that will coax uh, that will uh, offer incentives or push for incentives to have state workers leave by offering buyout packages. Uh, there are matters of health insurance. There's matters of insurance itself if I'm terminated. All of these issues need to be discussed in a what-if scenario with a certified financial planner ahead of time. For example, just a very simple thing, Lim. If I were a state employee right now and I had a 401k plan, and I had it structured with investments for long-term growth because I thought I was going to be employed for the next 15 years, and it's in volatile investments, I'd be moving those investments to something far more, far less volatile, far more conservative right? until I saw how this thing was going to shake out. But by the same token, I certainly wouldn't be moving it over into bond funds, which I might think would be far more conservative because I could be walking into a brick wall if interest rates go up. So it's these kinds of proactive issues. And then what about life insurance? Should I go ahead and check on getting an inexpensive term policy in the event that I lose my job? All of these are issues that should be discussed with a certified financial planner in a proactive way. Um, I agree with you, Doug. And, you know, folks uh, that are working with the state um, – they may really need some, just some advice as to whether or not their investments are in the right vehicles based on what their goals and objectives are. But for those that are older that may have the option of a buyout, right? Aren't there buyouts being offered in some cases? Maybe. That's up to the legislators. It hasn't been decided how we're going to get rid of all these employees, but we got to get rid of a bunch of employees. Either way... Look at your numbers. You know, a lot of folks, they, when they call in, they say, oh, well, I've got all this stuff. <laughs> you need to detail what is all the stuff that you've accumulated, whether it's in a retirement plan, whether it's, uh, you know, in, in some other vehicles that you've accumulated with your broker, and work with a certified financial planner that it c- can assist you and advise you on what you can be doing. Uh, proactively if she, if you might suffer job loss. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question, call us on the open lines at 860 WPTF. That's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll free 1-800-662-7979. Well, Ralph, this is Doug Lewis, Sir. certified financial planner. How can I help you this evening? property out of state. Uh, it consists of about eight acres, a house, and a trailer that my children are currently residing in. Uh, I'd like to know how I could pass that on most economically to my children. Well, how old are you, Ralph? I'm 55. 55 years old. You're married? Yes, I am. What's the value of 
the combined estate that you and your wife have? Maybe 900000 All right. And the property in that's out of state? The uh, property in Pennsylvania is valued somewhere between 250 and 300 And what is the cost that you paid for that property, Ralph? That's called the cost basis. Uh, the the accumulated cost over the period of time we've owned it, with the improvements and everything that's on it, probably is somewhere around uh, 190 to uh, 200,000, maybe. All right, let's take a look at this then. First of all, what type of estate planning have you and your wife already done? Uh, very little, really. I think what we're talking about, though, is how do we transfer it now, not not after our we're deceased. Well, if you just want to transfer, you just switch the title over. That's no big deal. But uh, but there are ramifications you need to be aware of. Okay, that's what I'm after. And the question is, are you concerned about estate taxes or capital gains taxes? Uh, probably capital gains taxes and, and loading them into something they can't afford to uh, handle at this time. Well, if you just give them the property by transferring the, pro- the title over to them, then the cost basis of $190,000 now belongs to them. And if they turn around and sell it, and they sell it for $250,000, then they will have a $60,000 capital gain, and maybe uh, they'll pay about $25,000 in taxes. They should have that problem. On the other hand, if you inher- if they inherit it, then there is a step-up in basis, and they can sell it with no capital gains tax. So, so that's, there isn't really anything that keeps me from just gifting that property to the kids. Well, the gifting is limited by the estate taxes. Okay. However, you could also go ahead and give them the entire amount and still have no gift taxes. But at the time of your death, then they would have used some of the estate tax credits. I see. So the first issue is whether you're concerned about the estate taxes or not. Now, there is one other way that it can be done to avoid both gift taxes and estate taxes. In the event they wanted to sell the property, then we would do it through a charitable trust during your lifetime, and there is no capital gains issue at that time. I see. Why do you want to give it to them now, then? Well, I guess it's, uh, I, I really um, don't want to be tied into the uh, state property anymore, and uh uh, they really can't afford to go out and get a mortgage to buy the property, so it's, it seemed the, the best way to take care of them. I mean, why not just let them live in it and not have to use up any, and then at least they, when they inherit it, there'll be, the cost basis will be stepped all the way up to the value. I see. Then you're not using any, uh, any of the estate tax credit, and you're also at the same time not using, uh, not call, you're helping them with the capital gains issue. That sounds reasonable. You know, if fortunately you live another 20 years or 30 years, then all of that appreciation gets stepped up at the time that they, they, they inherit it, and then they can turn around and sell it the next day and pay no taxes. I see. That sounds like the right way to be. Yeah. If you're not worried about mortgage or ownership, I would go ahead and let them live in it. I see. Ralph, well, that's what we've been doing. Yes, ma'am. One of the things that, that might help is... You know, the questions that you and your wife have about your situation, it would be helpful if you would jot them down. And then when you go to use a financial planner or an advisor that can help you sort all this out and get it all squared away so so that everything's square, so that, you know, if something should happen, that you and your wife have got everything in order yeah, that uh, for way the we future. Yeah, written down so that the rest of the family would know about it too. Right, right. I mean, just, you know, the specific questions that you have, you and your wife, 
write them down, and then when you go to use an advisor, you'll have some of those issues put down on paper. I appreciate your help. And if you, you know, if you'd like any more information, our number in Raleigh is eight seven two seven thousand. Is Lisa? And I'll be happy to send you some information. Thank you kindly. All right. Thanks Bye-bye. for calling. We've got Lisa on hold. Let's take Lisa's call. Lisa, welcome to the show. This is Linda Lewis, Doug Lewis. How can we help you this evening? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, um, I don't know if you can help me or not. All right. I can. My daughter was given by my mother um, $13,000 at the end of last year and $13,000 at the beginning of this year. Uh-huh. And how and old is your daughter? She's 17. Uh-huh. And she's going off to college in the fall. And I'm wondering if there's any way that we can shield that money so that it doesn't count against her when she when we fill out the FAFSA, the free application for financial federal student aid. Can we put it in trust for her or something like that so that it's not counted against her? Do you know? When you say it was given to your daughter, Lisa, in what form was it given? From a charitable, from a, it was given from my mother's trust. My mother's still living, and she gifted each of us, um, the same amount of money. But I'm saying, in what form? Did she give it to you as a check payable to your yeah. daughter, or was it put into a UGMA account? Or UTM? No, it was given as a check in my daughter's name. And what did your daughter do with the check? Um, the one I still have. The one I, I haven't touched yet because well, I just got it last week. When you, say, when, you say, when you say I, I thought you said your daughter. It came in the mail to me with a check for my daughter, yes. So you can't do anything with it yourself, right? It's it's a it's a check it's a check payable to your daughter. Is that what you're saying? Yes, the check is payable to my daughter. And what did you and so what did she do with the first check? We deposited it into what? Into a checking account. In whose name? In my name. She gave it to you, or did she? Was it into a custodial account? You as the as the guardian for your daughter. I don't know what to do with it. That's the problem. I'm trying to keep it. No, no, no. You said you already did it. That was the one. I had to cash the one before the 31st of December. And that's what I'm asking you. How did it get cashed? You, you cashed it and put it into a deposit in into an account in what name? In my name right now. I'm more than happy to put it in her account, but I know I have to fill out that FAFSA, and I don't know... Well, it doesn't matter, actually. The FAFSA form, they, 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 they ask for the, the parents' assets and the parents' income also. Right, but that portion for the parents only counts 5%. The child counts 20%. Well, the gift was made to your daughter. Yes. And so the it should have gone into an account for your daughter. Right. Which is a Uniform Gift to Minors Act account, uh-huh. which says... That at age 18, that's her money, and until then, you're the guardian. Or it could have gone into a uniform transfer to minors account. That's a UTMA account, which says at age 21, it belongs to the daughter. And until then, it's hers, but you are the guardian of those funds. Okay. And and so I'm not sure if any move you make is going to go ahead and help you with the uh, with the with the FAFSA application, okay. But I would consider at least in our clients' office in my in, in in my office when the clients come to see us with those kinds of questions. Tell me a little bit about yourself, by the way, Lisa. How old are you? Forty-eight. 
You're 48. Are you working or are you employed? I work part-time. And are you married? Yes. What's your husband's income? Oh, it's it's good right now, but he's been unemployed on and off for the last two and a half years. Uh, have you looked at the um, Parent Plus program? No, we're just new into this. Um, I would look at the parent. That's we have our clients look at the Parent Plus program. It's very attractive. You don't have to qualify for any FAFSA. You can have unlimited amounts of income and assets, and still, I uh, have a hundred percent of the cost of the college expenses uh, on a ten-year loan. So, you know, let's say you've got a uh, a year at NC State, and it's going to cost you, let's say, fifteen thousand dollars. Then a the Parent Plus program would let you divide the fifteen thousand by ten years. Now you're at fifteen hundred. Divide that by twelve months, and you're at one hundred and twenty-five dollars a month. You add the interest onto it, and you might be one hundred and fifty bucks a month to go ahead and have a year at NC State. Okay. And then you don't have to worry about any uh, bypass uh, on the FAFSA form because there are no financial. Uh, requirements, requirements at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Are you, are you, do you work fee only or do you work off commission? Stuff? No, we're, no, we're a fee based financial planning firm. Okay. Unfortunately, if you come to see us, you're going to have to pay a fee by the hour because we, you, are you, you, are you listed in the book under Lewis? Are you listed? Lewis Financial Management for the last 25 years. <laughs> okay. Our number, right. Lisa, in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. That's uh, USA 7000. You know, you. oh, thank you, Lisa. Yeah, uh, you know, the thing is that, uh, you know, either grandma's going to keep giving gifts every year until she goes to be with the Lord, but... On the other hand, you know, doing financial planning is important in you and your husband's uh, oh, we know, lives. We know, we know, and we were about to take that step when he got asked uh, two and a half years ago. Yes, so. ma'am. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, I I agree with Doug. Uh, look at the Parent Plus. That might be a way to um, get get the uh, the bill paid. And it's a also, nice program. You and I used it for our own yeah. for our own son years ago. And then ago, you remember? can always pass the the debt on to her, <laughs> right? Because then right. you got to be saving for a retirement. But anyway, call us at eight seven two seven thousand in Raleigh, and thank you so much for calling. Okay, thank. All you. right, take care. Have a great week. Bye. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on News Radio six eighty WPTF. If you've got a question, you can call us right now. On the open lines at 860-WPTF, that's 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it is toll-free, 1-800-662-7979. You know, Lynn, I know that you've got another article or two that you want to ask me questions about that you saw in the paper. But before you do, I just want to make sure that our listeners are aware that there is big news right now with regard to gold. And there is big news with regard to municipal bonds. And municipal bonds, which everyone thinks are supposed to be and have traditionally been the safest of investments, right now they are facing big problems because there was even an article that said states are pleading with the small investors to buy bonds because states are out of money. And then some states and some municipalities can't pay them. And so there's a lot of risk that people are not at all aware of with municipal bonds and that's something right now to be very worried about. On the other side, the worry itself on the international scene 
especially with regard to what's happened in Egypt over the weekend, Tunisia last week, has caused gold to go rising again after it was dropping the first few weeks of the year. And so people are wondering with regard to gold, is the is the era, the golden era of gold over? Or what's going to happen? Should we stay with gold? Should we buy more gold and so forth? Because everyone knows that uncertainty overseas, uncertainty in political events, seems to push the price of gold up. So again, these are issues that investors need and clients and listeners need to meet with a certified financial planner and see how they play into the entire world of their or in their entire world. What does it really mean, Doug? We need more God, right? <laughs> <laughs> Divinity. Mingle with humanity. All right. Well, Doug, there was another interesting article where a uh, another person, uh, another college plan uh, question. Um, this individual has a six-year-old child and is 48, Lisa's age, um, and had been working with a company, a technology company, for the last 25 years and has accumulated a, a comfortable 401k of about 375000 This was the one you told me that wrote into the News and yeah, Observer? Uh-huh. Okay, all right, go ahead. And also uh, has a Roth IRA of about 35000 and a cash balance uh, pension plan of about 175000 um, and along with that, another brokerage account of about another 30000 to which I believe they're doing a pay-yourself-first of about 400 a month. Well, his question is, do I really need to do the traditional route of a 529 plan for the six-year-old uh, future education? So let me see if I have the facts. Tell me the facts again. How old was the person? 48. And I, they had a 401k worth a how 401K. much? 401k. Three hundred seventy-five thousand. Three hundred seventy-five thousand in a in a four hundred one k. And what else did you a say? A Roth IRA of thirty-five. Okay. Thirty-five thousand, and then a cash balance pension of about one hundred seventy-five, and another thirty thousand. And the child was how old? Six. So twelve years from now, and they wanted to know should they do a five twenty-nine plan? What was the answer? Well, I believe uh, the answer in you know based on. Uh, six percent uh, rate of return um, over the years, the value of the 401k would grow to be 1.4 million dollars over the, the next, say, 13 years. And the 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 the, the, the person answered the question using a six percent growth rate. Okay. And uh, <coughs> excuse me, the cash balance plan over the next 15 years would grow to be somewhere around 300,000 at four percent. Okay. And then the Roth, assuming a 6% rate, the Roth and the $5,000 contributions for two years, uh, et cetera, will, the value will, will be more than 200000 So this individual has the possibility of having a total of $1.9 million right. over the next okay. decade. About the time when the kid's ready for college, it'll be about $1.9 million. Okay. So what was the answer about the 529? Well, if you don't want the hassle of another account or just want to maintain more control over the money, then they can continue adding to the brokerage account and use this money to meet the college expense. But investing uh, 400000 in 529 plan could also provide the advantage of tax-deferred growth. 400000 No, $400. Oh. I apologize. 
uh, $400 in a 529 plan would provide the advantage of tax-deferred growth and tax-free withdrawals for qualified education expense. So this is what the article said. I don't like, I think it's the wrong answer because the focus is wrong. In other words, you know, Lynn, if you think about it, in the world of invest in, of investments themselves, there are two types of analyses. One we call fundamental analysis and the other technical analysis. Well, Fundamental analysis looks at the fundamentals of a company. Technical just looks at numbers. In financial planning, there are two approaches also. There's the mathematical mathematical approach, which is what you just went through. Right. But I don't like the mathematical approach. There is the other approach, which I prefer, which is research-oriented. Where are the investments? What is the investment selection? Not just dump more money into a 401k and it's going to grow at 6% and, and max it out and put in 16500 for the next two years and all of this sort of stuff there. That is not the way to approach financial planning, in my opinion. Actually, it may be the exact opposite direction. Depending on the investments, we should always be focusing on the investments. So... Uh, I don't like that approach. I prefer the approach which looks at the investments themselves, not the mathematical approach to financial planning. I, I, I like that, Doug, because um, it, it's more important to look at where are you putting your money now? Are they in the right vehicles? And what do we need to do to find a solution to this dilemma? And I think we're about out of time. All right. So everybody have a great week. Thanks for joining us, everybody, on Money Matters. And take care and address your financial planning. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug and Linda in Raleigh at 872-7000. That's USA 7000. Listen again next Sunday at 6.05 for Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis on 680 WPTF.